0: Good morning and welcome on this snowy pre-Thanksgiving morning. My name is Scott Warner and I'm president of the Culinary Historians of Chicago. And have we got a warming barbecue morning for you as we dive into Chicago barbecue, Chicago's very own style of barbecue, presented by a passionate Chicago foodie, Dino Dean Coretta, are you talking to? Okay. Oh. But uh, I I met Dino several months ago um, when I was visiting Ramona Thomas at her chocolate shop a few blocks from here. Ramona was our speaker last month on chocolate, and Dino was visiting her, too, to talk to Ramona about featuring her on his YouTube channel, The Black Foodies, which he hosts with his wife, Coretta, sitting in the front row there. And uh, it covers African-American food happenings in our area. And Dino and Coretta also write a column for the Chicago Defender titled Let's Eat, where they review local African-American-owned restaurants. Dino sounded so interesting that ultimately, I asked him to speak to our group. And here he is today, where you'll have a chance to grill him on all he knows about barbecue, especially Chicago's evolving and unique style. And I guess Grilling and barbecue are different, but I thought, well, can't, you know, a little inaccuracy saves a lot of words. So I'm, I'm, we'll grill you at, about barbecue if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. A little side note you know, we always serve food at our meetings, food that's related to our program, and Kathy is the guru who helps organize the food part, often making the food and finding fanta- fantastic cooks like Chef. Deb Silverstein and Barbara Cook to also make the food. So when Kathy told me her idea for food this time, I was kind of stunned. Um, She told me to ask our speaker, Dino, if he could pick up apple fritters from D.D. Donuts on his way in. So I thought, what? So I googled D.D. Donuts and all that. And then I googled apple fritters and saw absolutely no connection with American African American food. Now, Kathy always thinks out of the box for food for our meetings, and I didn't know what to think. So I sent her a very direct note asking her why she would want any speaker to pick up apple fritters for our program. I sent this long email saying, We've never asked a speaker to pick up food, especially from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and, and that I would I would pick it up rather than insult our speaker and Kathy sent, sent simply sent me a link to a video I think you should watch this so done it and it showed Dino interviewing the propri- proprietor of D and D, D and D Donuts way down south in, Chicago, in a Chicago suburb And it turned out that one of their specialties is apple fritters, and the place wasn't far from Dino's home. So Kathy's suggestion couldn't have been more perfect, uh, except she's in her original D.D. Donuts, not D&D. So Kathy, if you can forgive me for my well-meaning saucy lecture to you, I'll forgive you for giving me the wrong name of the place. And Kathy has further embellished our food offering today by making some barbecue rib tips, which she'll tell you about later. So Dino, come on up and tell us all about the history of the great Chicago fire, or rather, barbecue. And I see your notes here. Sometimes when I walk away, if the speakers leave their notes there, I take their notes with them, but because I like you so much, I left them here.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Scott. (laughs) <laughs> thank you,
0: sir. You're Good morning, everybody. I want to
1: thank Scott for the invitation. It's a real privilege to be here speaking in front of you. And first of all, I want to talk a bit about the venture that my wife and myself are on being the black foodies and a little background about ourselves. We've been married 26 beautiful, glorious years. That's my beautiful wife, Miss Corretta. And this is actually our anniversary weekend. We were uh, married 26 years as of the 14th of this month. So we're gonna be hanging out and doing a wonderful time hanging out with each other. And so this is the beginning of our anniversary weekend. So once again, Scott, thank you. It's a privilege to be out here doing something different. We usually go to the movies, but now I'm doing a speech. So something a little bit different. And as Scott stated earlier, we write a column called Let's Eat for the Chicago Defender. And in this column, we showcase and we highlight African-American chefs and restaurants in the Chicagoland area, being that it's local, the Chicago Defender, as well as another periodical called Scene Chicago. We write for them as well. And they publish our articles. And it's a real privilege for us to go into our community and find wonderful restaurants and wonderful up-and-coming rock star chefs and on our journey, we've come across some great restaurants. We've come across some restaurants not so great, but that's all part of it. And I will say this that the predominantly the restaurants that we have gone to have been absolutely outstanding. And it's gone from soul food to Mexican food and a wide gamut of different. Um, food types that we've tasted and our palates have been in during this particular venture. So I'm really grateful for these establishments allowing us into their restaurants to let us see what they do. And it's wonderful when they really give us some really good access. We go behind the scenes and we get into the kitchen and speak with the staff and, and, it's, and it's really nice. And our YouTube channel, which is titled The Black Foodies, we just take that concept and we expand it and we go nationwide, and the furthest that we've gone has been Cuba, 90 miles south of Florida, and it was a heck of an experience over there. It was really wonderful being there, and with the restrictions being eased up and my family having ties to Cuba, my great-great-grandfather actually came from Cuba and settled over in the Carolinas, and then he made way over to Robbins, Illinois, that's where my father's side of the family ended up coming, so I really, really wanted to go to Cuba, and we made that trek, and we checked out a restaurant over there, and and this really pretty bad paella we had. I was really disappointed. I was like, what on earth is this right here? The seafood was mushy, and it was really disappointing. And having paella many a time in Miami, and knowing what it's supposed to taste like, so it, it was disappointing, but the Ropa Vieja was absolutely outstanding, guys. And those are just some of the ventures that we have done with our YouTube channel. And just recently we had a tasting tour of the city of Chicago that we picked people up on a bus, took them on a luxury bus, and we went sightseeing all around the city of Chicago and took them on some of our best bites in the city of Chicago that we've come across. We had a wonderful time, it was a couple weeks ago and we're gonna be starting that venture back up in the spring. So we'd be on the lookout for that tasting tour with the black foodies of the city of Chicago. But my wife and myself, we have five children, one grandchild and another grandchild on the way. And with that being said, we had to become good cooks. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and our children are such finicky eaters We really had to go into recipe books and started expanding what we do in the kitchen. It just couldn't be burgers and hot dogs all the time because they're such finicky eaters. Even as babies, they were finicky eaters. There's certain things they just wouldn't eat. So we had to get really creative in the kitchen. And from there, we became foodies before it was in vogue to even be called a foodie. And so we've always loved food. We've always loved mixing and matching different styles of cooking and therefore So we felt it very appropriate for us to take on this journey and become the official Black Foodies of the city of Chicago. And I'd like to speak with you guys about Chicago-style barbecue when we go and visit restaurants, we get very excited, very excited when it's time to do barbecue because there's nothing like the smokiness of it. There's nothing like the coals. There's nothing like the whole thing with barbecue is just, it's a rite of passage in the long Chicago winter. Then when the spring rolls around, you can just see people lighting up the grills. And it's something that people in this area really look forward to and chicago style barbecue has a style all of its own and i want to say this and just get us rolling with this the origins of chicago style barbecue actually came from the atrocities that were going on in the south from jim crowism to sharecropping and the great migration took place because of that african americans got fed up said we're out of here we can't deal with this and there was this huge movement of African Americans from the south to the north between the years of 1916 and 1970 and being uprooted from your home due to injustices was a heck of a thing for those people to endure. And naturally when they arrived here in Chicago and out of those seven million, roughly a half a million came to Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, predominantly. And with them, brought their culture and their cooking styles, and thankfully for us, those that really enjoy barbecue, they brought the science of cooking over an open flame, and there began the beginning of Chicago-style barbecue. And many people think that Memphis, Kansas City, uh, Memphis, Kansas City, let me check my notes. Texas and North Carolina are the four capitals of barbecue. I would like to add Chicago to the mix because we have some wonderful, wonderful barbecue joints here in the city of Chicago. With that great migration brought my grandfather up. He came from Macon, Mississippi. My grandmother came from Douglasville, Georgia. And a lot of the cooking styles that I have gathered over the years came via my family. And I noticed through just interacting with other African Americans in the community, everybody's family came from Mississippi. Were you people from Mississippi? Mississippi, Mississippi. But doing this research, I found out that with this great migration, like I just stated, half a million people came from down south to. Chicago, predominantly from the Delta area of Mississippi. So everybody has their spin on barbecue and everybody loves to go out and try new things. And there's even bragging rights in many communities on how good you can cook and how well you can master the grill. I don't think anybody in the audience doesn't feel that they aren't a grill master themselves. Anybody feel they're a grill master when it comes to springtime? None of the men? I I knew somebody had to. (laughs) And this is just a time when people come together, spring, good weather, and there's nothing like cooking on that grill, guys. And let me just keep going through my notes. In many of these new arrivals, there was a young lady named Dana Cooksey. She's the co-owner of a place called Crazy Hog in Glenwood, Illinois. And she told Miss Coretta and myself how her family came from Batesville, Mississippi, just east of the Delta. And in the first wave of the Great Migration, she shared with us the cooking influences of her family, which inspired the opening of Crazy Hog in Glenwood, Illinois. And I just want to kind of sing the praises of their barbecue establishment. They have something called Chicken Tips It's a variation on the pork rib tips because a lot of people don't eat pork. Guys, if you're ever in Glenwood, Illinois, you have to go check them out. Absolutely spectacular. Smoky, little tidbits of heaven. And one of the unique things about this particular establishment is that they have five different sauces in their establishment. Most places have just one signature sauce. And what I find very unique about Crazy Hog. Is that they have the Bama White, they have the Carolina Gold, and three other sauces, the Texas Heat, the Magnolia Sweet, and it hits on all the different regions of barbecue sauce all over the country. So therefore, once you go there, if you're from Alabama, Mississippi, wherever, you can have the type of sauce that you would enjoy. It's not just the house sauce. They have five house sauces. So I think that's very unique of Crazy Grill, of Crazy Hog, rather. And another component of Chicago-style barbecue, the Eastern European immigrants came over and they used to boil their ribs. And that was kind of strange hearing that, but it was actually done in it. From my research, I find out that those ribs would just fall off the bone tender by boiling them. And the bad part about it is that you lose a lot of the flavor In the water but that's also a component of Chicago style barbecue it's really a combination of the immigrants that came up from the South as well as the Eastern European immigrants and it was a blending of the two and there was a wonderful marriage there of the cooking of the smoked meats and the Eastern European immigrants they also had an affinity for sausages And the sausages eventually ended up being the hot links that are in many of the establishments here in Chicago. And speaking of hot links, that's something that my mother absolutely found spectacular. Everybody loved the hot link in my neighborhood. But my mom, she really had an affinity for them. And the hotter, the better. And she just loved them when that sausage had that good snap to them. They weren't mushy. So hot links go back way back in my family. And according to Meathead Goldwyn, barbecue historian, he states that there are five different distinct styles of Chicago barbecue. I had never known that until I started doing the research. And I'm gonna read that to you right now. Just one second. I'm gonna read this to you because it was just too much for me to remember. And number one is the Delta style. And a dozen or so pit masters, mostly Southside African Americans, still cook in aquarium pits. We're going to talk about aquarium pits a little bit later on as well. Over wood, ribs, rib tips, hot links, pulled pork, and chicken are their signature dishes. Often served on top of slices of white bread, smushed into a cardboard boat, doused with a sweet tart tomato-based sauce, and topped with fries. Have you guys ever seen this? That's the Chicago thing right there. When you see the little cardboard boat and the, the tips on top and the fries and plenty of sauce, that's definitely a Chicago thing. And many sell carry out only much like their predecessors did back home under the big shade tree in the Mississippi Delta. Among the remaining Delta-style joints are limbs, founded in 1954. Leon's founded in 1940 and Honey One Barbecue, which opened in 2003. A Johnny Come Lately Barbecue spot, but I hear it's Jay Dor- doing some absolutely phenomenal work there as well. Number two on our list is Boil BQ. Now, barbecue, boil BQ. Boiled BQ is based on and we just talked about this it's based on the Eastern European tradition of boiling ribs then drowning them in a sweet sauce and perhaps grilling or broiling them to caramelize the sauce. Boiled BQ can be found in scores of restaurants and carryouts around town, although the boiling makes the meat very tender, alas, much of the meat's flavor comes out in the water, which we just discussed. Number three on our list, and I'm gonna add a number six to this as well. There's five, but I'm gonna add one more. This is pretty much a new comer to the barbecue scene here in Chicago. Number three, smokeless roast. Restaurants like Twin Anchors Restaurant and Tavern, founded in 1932, and a favorite of Frank Sinatra, popped their ribs in the oven to roast, then sauced them and finished them on the grill. The Gale Street Inn opened in 1963, also became famous for sweet fall off the bone ribs that are first steamed, then roasted, and then broiled. Now, my mother... I keep going back to my mother. Everybody goes back to their childhood. She used to make ribs like that at home, and I just didn't know this was an actual style. When you're just a young guy, you're just watching what your mom does, and she's cooking, and she would take these pork ribs, put them in the oven, sauce them up, and they would be just absolutely spectacular, guys. Just wonderful. And she had this vinegar-based sauce. Just absolutely wonderful. And number four on our list is the digital. Now we're getting a little bit high-tech. Since the year 2000, a dozen or so first-rate restaurants on the north side and in suburbs have opened. Several gaining national renown, among them Smoke Barbecue. You guys been to Smoke Barbecue? Do you like it? I've been to Smoke Barbecue as well. I thought the brisket was pretty good. And Chicago Q. They use gas-fired pits supplemented with logs for flavor and are fitted with digital thermostats and timers. The most popular are Southern Southern Pride and Old Hickory. Many of the old timers have upgraded to the digital smokers, among them Russell's in Elmwood Park, founded in 1930, and Carson's, an upscale chain launched in 1977. Anybody familiar with Carson's? Now, my mother, once again, I'm going back to mom. Mom and dad used to go to Carson's. I remember hearing them talk about it. We're going to go to Carson's tonight and get some ribs. And they absolutely love Carson's ribs. I never got to go. I guess it was kind of expensive back then. It was sort of a special thing for my mother and father. But she told us that Carson's ribs were absolutely spectacular. And they have three locations. And these pits, in the hands of pitmasters like Barry Sorkin of Smoke, turn out the platonic ideal of Southern barbecue. Fifth on Meathead's list is fusion barbecue. While modern barbecue tends to stick to the classic Southern canon of ribs, pulled pork, beef brisket, burnt ends, and chicken, contemporary contemporary chefs, often classically trained, many influenced by Asian cuisines have taken barbecue to exotic new places with Creative spices, tomato-free sauces, unusual buns, and unexpected side dishes. Among them are belly Q and lily Q. I'm going to add a number six to the list. And this is the Caribbean influence that has invaded Chicago, and it's the style of jerking. Anybody familiar with jerking? Yes. Yes. And not to pat myself on the back, I believe I make some of the best jerk chicken in the city of Chicago. I really need to open up a jerk shack to be honest with you. It's absolutely phenomenal. And jerking is a style, it's really the spices. And it's all spice, habanero, garlic, scallions, um, ginger, cinnamon, and it's uh, combined and blended into a paste. And it's used as a marinade you put it over chicken, ribs, whatever you like. and after, after it marinates for roughly 24 hours or so, guys, you have some of the most flavorful chicken that you will ever come across. And there was a gentleman, he had a place called Island Delights right across the street from Kenwood Academy. And I used to beg, his name was Jay. I used to beg, Jay, this is about 25 years ago. Jay, give me the recipe, Jay. I need to know how to make this jerk chicken. He would never tell me. One night I called him, he had been drinking a few beers and had one beer too many. Jay, what's up with the recipe? You see, yeah man, I'm going to tell you man, this is what we do. And he gave me that recipe and I tweaked it, made it my own and I tell you, I personally make some of the best jerk chicken in the state of Chicago. And I'm going to tell everybody a tip that he taught him. I'm not going to give you my recipe. But I will tell you the tip that really took my jerk chicken over the edge. And he said, you must use pimento wood. And I was like, really? He said, you do not burn it because it becomes bitter. What you do, you use it similar to a cedar plank, how you would put a piece of salmon on. And that pimento wood perfumes that meat. Get the meat almost done. Set it to the side on indirect heat. And sit it on top of these bamboo pimento planks. And that's the finishing process to cooking jerk chicken. That's how they do it down in Jamaica. And very few people, I'm letting you guys in on a real secret. Very few people know about the pimento wood. And you just let it perfume and it just permeates throughout the meat and, guys, you have some really, really good eating with jerk chicken. And I wanted to add that and make that number six on the list because I do believe there is a new style of barbecuing here in the city of Chicago. And it really started in New York City and went over to Toronto. There's a huge contingency of Caribbean people in Toronto. Carabana is there, the hugest uh, festival in the, in the Western Hemisphere, Caribbean um, Festival Festival. And it's way down in Chicago. And those of you who have not tried jerk chicken, I implore you to give it a try. It's absolutely spectacular. And it's number six on our list of Chicago-style barbecuing. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. And also, on that website, you heard me mentioning, well, on AmazingRibs.com, which is Meathead's website, he talked about the Aquarium Pit, which is also a Chicago innovation. Are you guys familiar with the Aquarium Pits? Okay, some of you have, some of you have not. The aquarium pit, and it's actually from the Delta style of barbecuing, from those that came up from the Mississippi Delta, and the, Delta, the Aquarium pit actually looks like an aquarium. You go to some place like Limbs, Leon's, places like that, and if you go inside, you'll see this tempered glass, and you'll see it's surround, actually surrounding the pit, and it goes through a chimney. So so the place wouldn't smoke out because back in the day in down south, they used to cook over an open pit in a hole in the ground. They would actually cook in the dirt. And, you know, Chicago politicians here were not going to have that. So soon the health department arrived and said, you got to cut it out. We can't do that. You have to come up with something a little bit better than cooking in a hole in the ground. So these aquarium style pits came to be. And they're very innovative. And a few places still make them. And from my understanding, it creates an intense hickory or whatever type of wood that you use. Perfuming of whatever protein that they're um, barbecuing. And underneath are doors where you can throw the logs in. And they also control the heat and the oxygen with the doors. And they also have water hoses where they squirt and either get the temperature up or down. And these aquarium pits are a true innovation that started here in the city of Chicago. Also, doing research for this, I found out that something happened very special in 1952. Does, Does anybody know? Barbecue scene. I will let you guys know. And I promise you, all of you have heard of this innovation and all of you have more than likely purchased this innovation. In 1952, in the city of Chicago, there was a gentleman named George Stevens Sr. He was working at Weber Brothers Metal Works. Weber, got a hint now? (laughs) In Chicago, while manufacturing marine buoys, he thought of a way to make a better grill. Now I'm going to describe his invention. It's a dome-shaped grill with a removable lid to protect food from the elements. Does this sound familiar to everybody? I believe everybody's probably had one of these in their backyards at one time or another. And it is the Weber Grill. And he cut a buoy in half, added some air vents and metal legs, and started a backyard revolution that goes on to this very day. And it started right here in the city of Chicago, just a little tidbit of history that I found interesting. And people may have graduated onto other grilling units but I believe most people in this room probably started off with a Weber grill and I think I still have one my mom still has one and they work absolutely spectacularly and so I would like to implore people I'm big on supporting local businesses when your grill rusts out just go get your Weber go get your Weber and support the local economy as well and also I wanted to share with you guys and innovation here in the city of Chicago. I never knew that rib tips were pretty much exclusive here in the city of Chicago. Not exclusive from the point that there aren't anywhere else, but they started here. Very cheap cut of meat that the entrepreneurs that came up from the Delta found just too enticing, scrap meat, therefore it was free, so my favorite word is free. Therefore they grabbed this scrap meat and it was a I'll, I'll read it to you. Every barbecue reason has its own signature meat. In Chicago, it's the rib tip. So you may wonder exactly what a rib tip is. The main pork rib cuts are baby backs. You guys know what baby backs are? And that's along the spine of the hog. Spare ribs are from the sides and the front. You trim the cartilage closest to the breastbone off of a spare rib. You have St. Louis style ribs. And the, pe- and the meat packers regarded the tips from the St. Louis style ribs. as just scrapped, threw it out. S- so full of cartilage and it was so gelatinous that people just didn't want it. And like I just stated, those entrepreneurs on the south side of Chicago said, I'll take it. I will take that. And they made something absolutely wonderful. And rib tips are absolutely huge here in the city of Chicago. And it spread all over. There's a place on 71st street called slab barbecue and the trice's on this place um wonderful married couple and they do some spectacular rib tips and i was i was speaking with the owner james trice and he was like yeah uh, i mastered rib tips down in kentucky because his family came from kentucky and i was stunned after the fact realizing how the rib tip is spread all over and being such a scrap cut of meat, how people have gravitated towards it. Because in many instances, you take something like a, a, a chitterling, they call they eating low on the hog. Because in yesteryear, those more affluent wanted to eat high on the hog. Therefore, those rib tips were called considered eating low on the hog. And those who didn't have much, particularly those African Americans from the deep south, they had to be innovative in the cooking and had to be innovative with their spices. Therefore, they took something and made nothing into something absolutely spectacular. So I really tip my hat to those innovative chefs of yesteryear and they're huge to this very day. And another huge innovation here in the city of Chicago are the hot links, those spicy links that everybody just loves. And I just spoke about them earlier as well, but they're also big in Texas as well as in Louisiana. But in my humble opinion. Nobody does hot links like Chicago. Nobody. And just doused in that wonderful barbecue sauce. That we have in our region. Which is basically from my research. Uh, Kansas City style barbecue sauce. Tomato base with molasses. And spices. And. Thick, goes on well, really coats any type of protein really well. It's not like some of the thinner barbecue sauces we have out there. That's what I appreciate about the Kansas City slash Chicago style barbecue sauces. Get it on there. It's not going anywhere. And when done properly, to me, is the best of all of the barbecue sauces, although I love them all. I, and I have an affinity for the Alabama white, the mayonnaise-based sauce. And I had that first the first time just a few years ago. And I was stunned at how good it tasted. I had never had it before. And it was actually from the place I was talking about earlier. Crazy Hog in Glenwood, Illinois. They have, all five, they have five different barbecue sauces. And when I tried it, I was like, oh, my goodness. But one of the innovations that they do with theirs, they put a little bit of horseradish in it. Gives it just a nice little kick. And, man, it is absolutely off the chain. And Speaking of barbecue sauces, I want to speak briefly about a couple of barbecue sauces that started here in the city of Chicago. Okay, wonderful. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to do my due diligence and find out a little bit more about honey barbecue, but I have two in particular that I wanted to share with you guys. And have you guys heard of Mumbo Sauce? Mumbo Sauce, M U M B O. It is a sauce that was started back in the 1950s by a Southsider, and his name was Argia B. Collins. And he had a barbecue joint, a joint on 78th and Halstead. And the sauce was so good that people decided, hey, you need to bottle this stuff. This is stuff that's absolutely outstanding. So what would any good entrepreneur would do? He would listen to the suggestions of his customers. He started bottling it. Unfortunately, the sauce isn't as big here as it used to be. But it has migrated over to Washington, D.C., and it is the sauce of choice in our nation's capital. I mean, they douse it on chicken, fries. Um, sweet and sour sauces are used over They use the mumbo sauce in the Asian restaurants over there. So I'm glad to see that this particular sauce is still thriving. I've never had it before, but I'm going to have to check it out. I've always been an open pit type of guy. That's what my mama used to get, open pit. But also, I know you guys have heard of Sweet Baby Ray's here in Chicago, and it has grown so much. There was a chef, his name was uh, Chef Larry, and he entered his ribs at Mike Royko's Rib-Off. And I believe there were 700 contestants, and I believe he came in first. One place that I read online said he came in second. Another place said he came in first. I'm going to assume he came in first. Give him the benefit of the doubt. But this particular sauce has gone on and it now captures 40% of all barbecue sauces sold in America. And I was stunned when I saw that. And with annual sales over $150 million a year. Started right here in Chicago. On the West Side, and it was named after, after his brother. He was a basketball player on the West Side of Chicago, S- hence the name Sweet Baby Rays. Very proud of that entrepreneur as well. Guys, make sure you go check, get you some Sweet Baby Rays. But there's a new kid on the block, brand new kid on the block. His name is Antonio Riley. Have you guys heard of this? Riley's Barbecue Sauce. Go to Jewel. It's in there now. My wife absolutely has said this is her favorite barbecue sauce now. It is her barbecue sauce of choice. And we brought some for you guys to sample if you want to check it out. I believe it's a really superior product. And Mr. Riley is a phenomenal entrepreneur and an even better human being. I've sat down and met with him several times. And we're trying to set something up now for us to showcase his product. And he has a whole line of seasonings and spices that he has as well. So be on the lookout for Riley's ribs and I'm really coming to a close on this particular piece speaking on this barbecue and I know I'm supposed to speak for 45 minutes but it really wasn't 45 minutes worth of uh, information to talk so long about the history of Chicago barbecue does anybody out there have any type of questions for me I I can't comment on that I've, I've spoken with people that actually say when barbecue is properly prepared you don't need the sauce The meat is the star of the show. The smoke is the star of the show. And what my mother does, going back to mom, she never douses her barbecue in the sauce. She'll have it on the side. She'll tear off a piece of meat. If she wants to um, sample the sauce, she will dip it in the the sauce and take it from there. But in my humble opinion, really good barbecue doesn't need the sauce. It's, It's almost like saying french fries have to have ketchup. No, they don't. It's a condiment. It's something that you put on if you so desire. It shouldn't be the defining factor on whether or not the meat is good or not. Many times the sauce it can cover up mistakes done in the cooking process where you're tasting that sweetness versus that burnt <laughs> or hopefully um, the meat isn't tough but a lot of times the sauce is a masking agent for improperly done barbecue. Not saying that people that doubts their meats in the sauce are hiding something but i would agree that yes a good barbecue does not need sauce the sauce is an enhancement anybody else wonderful and this meathead wow i I was on his website a wealth of information if you want to know anything about barbecue miss Coretta, i want to ask you a quick question what was the name? Bear Down. Bear Down Barbecue. I, I just remember. There's a place in Frankfurt, Illinois, and there is a gentleman, and he does brisket that is absolutely off the chain. Excellently done. And I watched, because my wife and myself, we interviewed him, and he's on our YouTube channel. You can check him out. And I watched what he did with the brisket. He sliced it, and it went through just so easily, like just a hot knife through butter. i was like oh my goodness that is tender and he picked it up and the slice he had he he laid it on his finger to see the way that it bent he said oh yeah this is this is perfect and he sliced that thing up and i promise you i promise you didn't need any sauce it was just so spectacular the only thing the only downside to it was i'm one that loves a bark on the outside of a brisket and and He didn't really put that outer coating of a brown sugar or something like that on the outside of his brisket. But other than that, it was just excellently executed. Did you have something that you wanted to say? You know what? I'm not sure. I've never. Oh, sure. Gentleman wanted to know um, what style of barbecue sauce had lime in it. Lime. L-I-M-E, correct? I've never heard of a barbecue sauce that has lime in it but what I can say I know in many instances when making barbecue sauce there's a citrus element in it and there's no one way to do it I'm sure you can mix and match whatever you like that pleases your palate so you've actually given me an idea next time I make my whiskey barbecue sauce instead of lemon I'm going to put lime in and I'll let you know how it turns out it is it is using the citrus I'm going to give each of you guys a tip Um, Never marinate, ever marinate using fresh pineapple juice. Never. I I made the mistake of doing that once, and I had purchased some skirt steak. I was going to do some tacos for the family, and I I said, I'm going to make this really good marinade, and it's going to just make this stuff pop. I didn't realize that fresh pineapple has a protein in it that basically— dissolves meat (laughs) it's like digested it's almost like a digestion process and when I was cooking it I put it on the grill and as I was pulling it off it was just tearing apart and it turned to mush so whatever you do never ever marinate a protein in pineapple juice especially fresh pineapple juice from a pineapple there is a protein in there that will just destroy your cut of protein go ahead You know what? It tasted bad, too. It wasn't just mushy. It tasted bad, too. It just wasn't good. Go ahead, ma'am. I would say top five. There's a place. I'm I'm Crazy Hog in Glenwood, Illinois. This is in Chicagoland area. Absolutely spectacular. Um, Slab Barbecue on 71st Street. Absolutely spectacular. I would put Smoke on that list. And, And I love brisket. And I and I do a pretty darn good brisket myself. I will put them on that list, go old school with some limbs. And there's a place, I forget the I forget the lady's name. What what's the name of that uh, place in in Lansing? The neck of the woods. It's at the it's at the uh, Lansing Airport. The lady does some outstanding barbecue, and it's really a destination spot. Because you can sit there, eat, and watch the planes land. It's, it's it's really really pretty cool. I think the name I think it's Lily Q's, maybe the name of it. Yeah. Yes, she has some outstanding barbecues. Well, go ahead, man. From ice cream, From ice cream yeah. to ribs. To ribs. Oh, yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. And he won. And he won. Yeah. You know what? It's wonderful to, to win these competitions. It's yeah. definitely a springboard to any um, entrepreneur's career when it comes to culinary skills. Go ahead, ma'am. I saw you had your hand up. Okay, and guys, I would like to have a a taste sample going on between Sweet Baby Ray's and Antonio's, and Roddy's ribs. So I'm taking a little quick survey and let me know what you guys think between the two. And I'm not trying to make it a battle of the heavyweights, but... I'm just because I love Sweet Baby Ray's, but like I just stated, Miss Coretta loves this Riley's. So I want to see what you guys think as well. Go ahead, sir. I've never eaten at the restaurant. Therefore, I, I couldn't tell you how he uh, packages it in his establishment. I just know um, I can go to the store, and get some Sweet Baby Ray's and it's smoky, thick, sweet and good. So I, I'm not sure how he packages it in, the, in his restaurant. Did you have something to ask Scott? Number three, that, that shows you that uh, marketing is really key to any product. For them to have 40% of the market and they're number three on the list, you think they may be number one on the list? Well, right. That, my point being, you don't have to have the best tasting. You could just be the best marketer. Most people, if you were to take a Big Mac and a Whopper, I believe most people think the Whopper trumps the Big Mac. However, McDonald's rules, marketing, and the way that they package and the eye candy that they are for children—people, those babies see them arches and it's over with. It's just over with. I, I, they know McDonald's before they know their name. Anybody else? The side, the, really, the traditional side dishes here in Chicago is that little dollop of coleslaw. About two tablespoons worth. It's not a lot having this little tiny little container, and it's just a dollop of coleslaw. That's traditional south side. Mm-hmm. However, things have expanded and places are becoming more and more aware of the sides. And I would say right now, untraditionally, mac and cheese, baked beans, things of that nature. And when I do get a baked bean, I do. Don't like them really sweet because you already have the sweetness of the barbecue sauce. So to have a really sweet um, baked bean, it kind of too much for my palate personally. And I would say those are the main two, uh, mac and cheese and baked bean. Go ahead, ma'am. Miss Coretta does. She makes a cornbread pudding. And it is good. It is very good. Go ahead, ma'am. I still say that limbs has some oh, yeah, um, good hot links. she's looking for probably some of the best hot links in the city of Chicago, and I would say go old school limbs. they have some really good hot links. Um, Crazy hog in Glenwood and slab barbecue also has some spectacular hot links, and right now, due to the fact that a lot of people are substituting pork out of their diet a lot of places also have a really good turkey um hot link as well so be on the lookout for those you say ghost peppers <laughs> you do like it hot <laughs> i would see have you been to liam's i would i would try them um well how how are the links now to you give me a try give me a try and, and not only that um i, I suggest to anybody chicago is a wonderful food city and I would say top three easy top two really um do your due diligence and have your own personal little foodie crawl get with your significant other or your children whoever you get down with and just pick a day and say you know what we're gonna go out and we're just gonna eat or even better yet get with us in the spring for our next tasting tour of the city of Chicago. And we can fix and fashion them any way that anybody would like. We can even have a barbecue crawl for you. And we can just go around town getting it in. Um, we had our very first one a couple of weeks ago. And we had that one to work out the kinks. And we're going to start having them regularly come spring. We hit the Jordan statue. For those of you that have never seen that. Navy Pier. South Side. We showed you the real South Side. And there's a hidden gem on the south side of Chicago that I didn't know about. Because on 94 right now, there's such terrible traffic. We decided to take Doty Road. And Doty Road is the road that runs adjacent to 94. And a lot of hot hot, um, rods over there. They race late at night over there. And so we said, we're going to beat the traffic. We're going to take Doty Road and I saw a place called Harbor International. Any, any of you guys familiar with it? Pulled in, it's this beautiful golf course right on the Calumet River. And I was stunned that it was stuck in there. Beautiful facility, um, they have um, banquets there, weddings, anything that you want. They have a facility to teach people how to play golf. And. Uh, It's just a hidden gem on the south side of Chicago, and these are just some of the destinations that we touched down upon on our tasting tour. We went by Number 44's home, had a photo op there for people to stand in front of President Obama's house, and people were really excited about that as well. Here at Washington Cultural Center, amongst other spots. So that's one of the things that we do with this tasting tour. We ride around town showing the sights and having some wonderful tastes. Go ahead, man. Just give me your email address and we will send you notification. All right, wonderful. Anybody that's interested, we're more than willing to take your email address and let you guys know when our tour will be coming up in the spring. Guaranteed, you're going to have a wonderful time. And we also play a mean game of Chicago trivia as well. And we have wonderful prize giveaways. Black footy t-shirts, the best prize there is. And we also have... a gift cards for restaurants. So hang out with us if you guys get a chance in the spring. Anybody else? OK, with well, hey, a get it started off. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Had a wonderful time up here. And Scott, thank you once again for the invite to come out and speak with your illustrious group.